Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us and letting us be part of your day. Hope you had a good weekend. Windy in a lot of places, some rain across the country and some much-needed rain. We're going to talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson in just a bit. We're also going to talk about the ag economy overall, certainly an improvement in market prices. We'll talk ag economy with John Newton, chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Also today, our uh, kind of our final wrap-up harvest interview we've uh, had several farmers throughout the different states that we've been checking in with throughout the harvest and we'll wrap things up today with Cy Prettyman in Ohio I think they're about done or it should be done now they kind of uh, one of the last states to get done so we'll talk with Cy Prettyman about his harvest a little bit later on in today's program but we're glad to start things off as we do most weeks with Sarah Wyatt editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, good to talk with you. Normally, we'd be headed to Kansas City this week for the National Association of Farm Broadcasting uh, Convention, but like most uh, events, uh, we'll be doing that virtually this year. Well, good morning, Mike, and I was thinking the same thing, how nice it would be to see you in person in Kansas City, but uh, we're all gearing up for the virtual event, and I'm uh, really pleased to serve as the NAFB Foundation President, and we talked to people about our scholarship winners and all the great things that we're able to do with um, our foundation investments. Yeah, great program, and you and your uh, committee doing a great job with that. Hey, as we turn our attention to the nation's capital, we get Congress back in session this week with a lot to do in this lame duck session. They do have a very long list. Both the House and the Senate are in. And as you know, there is still some hope that they could come together on a stimulus package. They're quite far apart on the numbers. The Senate is still looking at $500 billion, and the House is, and the House is looking at $2.2 trillion in their HEROES Act. So there's a pretty big gap there. But I would have to imagine, as these COVID cases are spreading rapidly, as businesses are being forced to shut down more and more, that the pressure from constituents in a lot of congressional districts is going to be there to get something done. So let's uh, let's hope maybe they can get that one off the list. Uh, but regardless of that, I do think that they, they are showing some ability to compromise on the appropriations bills that all also have to pass this uh, session. Uh, actually, before mid-December, the House and Senate need to come together on 12 different appropriations bills and keep the government funded. So there's a lot to work just on those two areas. If they could make progress, that would be great. terrific for everybody, I think. Meanwhile, tell us about this coalition of farm and conservation groups that uh, will be announcing a, a new alliance this week. Yeah, there's going to be a new Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance that will be announced on Tuesday. Uh, we've gotten some of the briefing materials, and we'll have an article up as soon as we're able to uh, go forward with that tomorrow morning. But basically, there's going to be a set of policy proposals that are made on climate 
And, you know, Mike, a long time we've been doing this, and we've known that some people are very skeptical about even having the discussion on climate. But I think a lot of the agricultural groups have figured out that if they're not at the table having these discussions, especially with the new Biden administration, they might be on the table for lunch. So they are very, very cautious about trying to present agriculture as part of the solution, which it very much can be in terms of reducing carbon and uh, improving the environment. So they're going to unveil what they see as a very proactive plan to make agriculture part of the solution. And Sarah, what are you hearing about names for key positions in the Biden administration? Are these going to be names uh, that we've... uh heard from administrations past? There are quite a few names that were very active in the Biden administration and uh, uh, when he was vice president uh, under President Barack Obama. And so under the new Biden administration, I think you'll see a lot of those folks that were active at that time. I mean, leading transition, you see Robert Bonney, who was an undersecretary under the Obama administration, you're seeing Jonathan Coppas, who worked at USDA, uh, now at University of Illinois. So uh, I don't think any of us will be surprised if we see some of those names from the Obama team. But, um, you know, that's those are folks that are very familiar to President-elect Joe Biden. So, um, you know, he's going to be looking there. Also very active in the campaign. I think if you look around at who was doing a lot of his talking, uh, especially in rural America, those folks might resurface at USDA or EPA. What about Tom Vilsack? (coughs) Well, he, of course, is playing a very major role behind the scenes right now. I think he's a key advisor for the president-elect Biden. So we'll see, uh, what role he may have, uh, moving forward. Uh, as we, if we are indeed going to flip the page back to a lot of uh, names from the past in these key spots, a lot of people in agriculture wondering, are they going to try to flip the page back on waters of the U.S.? We just got the new rule to replace the controversial 2015 rule. Well, you think this administration will try to go back to that old rule? There's certainly a lot of speculation that that's going to be the case, but let's face it, Mike, I mean, a new administration is going to have their hands full with trying to deal with COVID-19, with trying to get the economy um, going forward, and despite all these business closures and bankruptcies that we're going to be seeing. So I do think that there's going to be a real effort to turn the page back on a lot of the deregulatory actions that the Trump administration took, but probably not right away. Yeah, it took four years to change it to the new rule. We'll see how long it would take to change it back if that's what they indeed try to do. So uh, it's going to be interesting as we look at all these changes. But uh, depending on what happens in Georgia, if the if the Republicans maintain control of the Senate, that means uh, it could be tough to get some of these nominations uh, approved, uh, confirmed, right? Well, generally, um, uh, yes, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, history for giving the president-elect and the president, uh, you know, his due uh, when these nominations are made, if they're not too far off course. So there could be some slowdown, but I think the, the bigger issue is, is that uh, President-elect Biden has a very long list of things that he wants to do, 
And if the Senate stays in Republican hands, they can certainly stop things that, uh, you know, aren't in that don't require executive action. So um, they could really block a lot of things that he might have had planned prior to a Senate majority controlled by the Republicans. Yeah, a lot of attention on that. Uh, those two Senate runoff races coming up January 5th in Georgia. All right, Sarah, good to talk to you. And we'll see you virtually this week for our Kansas City NAFB meeting. Then uh, we'll, we'll just we'll do it from home. <laughs> Absolutely. Stay safe, Mike. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Up next, we'll talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. They have an upcoming virtual event. We'll tell you about that as well. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, let's talk about ag equipment sales. Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. The October numbers for tractor and combine sales here in the United States are positive across the board. We've seen a nice recovery Certainly continues to be driven by that small tractor market, but boy, we're seeing some really nice signs of life in row crop tractors and shore tractors and articulated pull-wheel drive tractors and self-propelled combines. We were starting to see that in October with these October numbers and this rally we've had this past week on prices. I would certainly hope that that momentum will continue through October and all, all the way through the end of the year so we can end 2020 as a positive year for uh, ag equipment sales. Now, looking forward to 2021, you know, those numbers are still also looking positive. I think there's just a fair amount of optimism in, in farm country right now. And that's that's a good thing for agriculture. That's a good thing for rural America. And that's certainly a good thing for the equipment manufacturers. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And Bryce, over the weekend, windy and in some places, thankfully, wet. Yeah, very true, Mike. Uh, we had some occurrences of uh, moisture during the past weekend, and uh, along with that, uh, it blew pretty hard. Uh, the the uh, prospects for this week are turning a lot drier, a lot calmer, uh, allowing for uh, some uh, some you know kind of getting back uh, into action for the end of the week, uh, for the end of the season, in terms of uh, harvest, and uh, along with that, uh, the first of last week. Uh, brought some uh, snow into parts of the western Midwest with a little bit of an ice situation, too, uh, that caused uh, some tree damage and, uh, you know, some, uh, some uh, you know, uh, real, real uh, kind, of, uh, kind of messy situations on farmsteads and so forth. So uh, this uh, pattern we have right now is going to allow for cleaning up and, and kind of getting back at it. And uh, we should be able to pretty well put the final touches on harvest, too, uh, with what we have going on. I know that in the uh, real wind-damaged areas of central Iowa, it's just been very slow going. But uh, with uh, what we've got coming on this week, it should allow even for the cleanup in the fields to uh, get the crop that, that uh, producers think is worth salvaging. I, I kind of want to, uh, you know, put a quotation around that because uh, we know that uh, some crop is simply not uh, not worth trying to get uh, out of all of that damage, but there will still be some that is worth uh, trying to pick up, and so they'll be able to take care of that, I think, with this uh, kind of a pattern that we have. So here we are at mid-November. What do you see for the rest of this month? It's looking uh, pretty... Uh, you know, pretty mild uh, for most of the country uh, over the next uh, week to two weeks, particularly in the central uh, part of the U.S. Uh, this week we're going to have, we've got some snow crossing the northern Midwest today. I don't think that that's going to uh, develop into any real big winter storm situation. And then uh, for the, much of the remainder of the next couple days, uh, we will have high pressure dominate and uh, keep things pretty dry, pretty quiet. Uh, there's going to be a frontal boundary moving across uh, the plains in the Midwest at the end of the week that could drag some showers into uh, the uh, south-central plains through the Midwest. And with that, uh, there may even be some benefit in places like central Kansas, uh, south into north-central Oklahoma, and even uh, western Kansas could get in on some of the moisture. 
I don't think we're going to, you know, just uh, bring a whole lot of real heavy rain into those sweet areas, but we could see um, about three-quarters of an inch potential in uh, central Kansas and the central Oklahoma, and then southwestern Kansas in the uh, range of about maybe a quarter of an inch to a half an inch. Uh, not, you know, just a, a whole lot of real soaking rain, but uh, we can uh, make use of that. We know that the crop has likely not gone completely into dormancy yet. It's going to be pretty mild in that part of the country this week. And then farther east, uh, the Midwest is going to get, I would say, a quarter to uh, an inch of rainfall. And uh, with that, there may be a little bit of a soil moisture improvement. And we certainly could stand to see that uh, in some places uh, in the eastern Midwest after, uh, you know, some uh, pretty dry conditions uh, during October and uh, into early November. The uh, pattern is not all that friendly in South America right now. Um, you know, last week when we were talking, the uh, forecast uh, rainfall amounts in Brazil were looking really quite generous, from one to four inches in Mato Grosso and uh, Mato Grosso do Sul, and, uh, do Sul and so forth. Well, in the past week, uh, that precip has amounted only to about a quarter to one inch in Mato Grosso, considerably less than had been expected, and they really could stand to have more. I have seen some accounts of a lot of replanting in, in some individual areas in Mato Grosso, and overall just a, a pretty uh, disappointing and concerning soil moisture uh, scenario with the profile not uh, very good right now. Dry conditions, drought concerns, uh, this week, there's going to be maybe just a little bit of a uh, of a brief easing of that, but that's about it. And then from southern Brazil through Argentina, they're going to have less than a quarter of an inch of rainfall. So this um, La Nina-influenced pattern uh, for light rains in uh, Brazil and Argentina is uh, is quite a quite a concern. And uh, the water temperatures in the Pacific are widespread on a below normal track they're pretty cool and uh, very similar in the coverage on the below normal uh, temperatures to the big la nina that we saw about 10 years ago um, it's not quite as cool as it was then but uh, there's a lot of uh, ocean out in the pacific where the water temperatures are about uh, at least around a half degree celsius below average so that's a story to watch for sure. Meanwhile, we have another storm to watch that's brewing. It could be uh, uh, pretty big, right? Well, you know, Hurricane Iota is uh, in Central America and uh, causing uh, a great deal of damage uh, in that part of the uh, country, that part of the world. Once again, it's been a uh, record tropical uh, storm season uh, with uh, the identification, the identified storms uh, surpassing uh, all previous uh, numbers, uh, so that's a that's a real big concern. And uh, as we look ahead, um, you know, there's uh, it seems like the tropics uh, just do not want to uh, to relax in terms of uh, their impact uh, on the weather scenario. That's just been one right after another. All right, uh, I mentioned that this week our National Association of Farm Broadcasting convention usually held in Kansas City, will be a virtual event like most events are this year. Well, you have one coming up uh, in early December. We would normally be going to Chicago for the DTN Ag Summit, but your event will be held virtually this year as well because of COVID-19. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Well, the, uh, the uh, Ag Summit for this year uh, is indeed going to be virtual. Uh, Greg Horstmeyer, uh, Greg Hillier, Katie uh, Dellinger, Matt Herman, uh, you know, many others, Terry Thiel, our, our trade show coordinator, uh, have, have been working, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in high gear for a sustained period of time to, uh, to bring about a, a, a virtual meeting that still is going to have uh, a, lot of, a lot of very good content to it. The one thing that everybody will miss, so to speak, is just simply getting together. We all know that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and shaking hands and, and uh, trading a conversation about how the year has been. But uh, with that, uh, the, the Ag Summit is still going to bring uh, some, some uh, real high-profile thinkers into the, uh, into the fray, into the uh, event uh, for uh, a lot of uh, real interesting content. Our keynote speaker is going to be uh, U.S. Uh, Ag Trade Representative Ambassador Kip Tom. And uh, Kip is, uh, is well-known and uh, well-respected throughout the Midwest and uh, his knowledge of ag and, and um, the impact that he's seen in his work is going to be real useful. We're also going to have Ken Erickson and Paul Hughes from IHS Market on the speaking program. Uh, Ken's a terrific guy, and, um, and, and Paul, I know, is also very interesting. I, I've met Ken firsthand, so uh, I have a little bit more of a, an experience uh, with him. Uh, Microsoft Chief Scientist uh, Ranveer Chandra will be with us, and then we will have personal development speakers, David Horsager and, uh, and John Gordon, and uh, farmers, Reed and Heather Thompson, and farm blogger Meredith uh, Barnard, along with uh, a lot of other speakers. And then, you know, our rundown of analysts, Todd Holtman is going to be offering market outlet from the grain side, Shaley Stewart from Livestock, and then I'll have a, a look at the uh, weather situation as we see it for this coming crop season. So they're putting together a real full plate, and uh, if, uh, if you want to find out more, we welcome people to go to dtn.com forward slash ag summit to find out more and to sign up. Uh, we would, we would uh, love to have as many as uh, can, can join us, and again, it's all from uh, one's, one's own comfortable area, wherever that is. Yep, and December 7th, 8th, and 9th. And also, we'll be giving away again. We'll give you a chance to sign up for free registration to that event. We'll be telling you more about that. We'll probably start talking about that more next week when we talk, uh, Bryce. So looking forward to that, and it should be another great event. Hey, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. You too as well, Mike. Thank you. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, up next, Chief Economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation, John Newton, joins us here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. In your everyday business operations, there are endless things you can't control. Fuel prices don't have to be one of them. With the Average Price Contracting Program available at FS, we can provide you with a way to reduce the uncertainty of fluctuating fuel prices. It's a smart and convenient way for you to know what your fuel costs are going to be so that you can enjoy a little peace of mind. The Average Price Contracting Program at FS is just one more way that we can help take your business further. Contact your FS Energy Specialist today. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. 
Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Time now for a market check here on AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. A mix in the overnight grain activity, wheat futures, defensive, firm, and corn and soybeans. And that's what we're seeing early on this Monday in activity. Wheat prices on Friday taking their cue from Russian wheat prices, according to the wire talk, moving higher. That lift from Russian wheat prices not translating into a higher performance on this Monday trading session. In corn futures, we are trending two to three and a fraction higher an hour into the day. December corn up three and three quarters at 414 and a quarter. March at 422 and a half up three. Soybeans, January up a penny and three quarters, 1149 and a half. March at 1150 and a half up two and a half cents. For the wheats, Chicago, December, up a quarter of a cent, 593 and three quarters. March, down a penny and a quarter at six dollars and three quarters of a cent. Kansas City wheat, December, down a half at 551 and a half. Minneapolis spring wheat, December, down three at 551 and three quarters. For livestock and American live cattle futures, December up 42 at 110.35. February at 112.47, up 25 cents. Feeder cattle, January up 12 at $138 per hundredweight. Cash cattle activity quiet so far on this Monday. That's generally expected to begin the week. Northern dress deals ranging from 170 to 174 last week, mostly 172, $7 higher than the prior week. Lean hog futures, December up 55, 65, 45. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 339 points. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, $1,000. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301 Call now and get your first month free plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. 
All right, let's talk it over with John Newton, Chief Economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. John, I was just thinking, uh, we've talked several times during the course of this year, and almost every time there, it was hard to find many bright spots in the ag economy. It was hard to find any good news to talk about. But that script has certainly changed here towards the end of the year with this, uh, with this rally in market prices. It, it certainly has. I think if you go back to the beginning of August, the uh, the impact of the derecho on on Iowa corn. I think the the grain stocks report uh, that showed us that that 2019 crop really wasn't as big as we thought it was, uh, and now the really strong uh, you know export commitments. Uh, we're looking at soybean prices we haven't seen since 2016. We haven't seen uh, the harvest price option on corn trigger since 2012. So uh, the outlook on the on the grain side, grain and oil seeds, has certainly improved uh, the last couple of months. At the time of derecho, it was almost shrugged off. I mean, it was going to be tough, obviously, for those farmers impacted. But the overall picture at that point still seemed to indicate such big stocks and big crop coming outside of that area that even though it was in a key spot, it was kind of shrugged off that it might not have that much overall impact. But that, that, that changed, too, in this, uh, in this scenario. I think for months, Mike, people have said this crop is going to keep getting smaller. Uh, it has gotten smaller, but then the demand side has accelerated, uh, especially on the export side, uh, and then quite a surprise on the grain stocks report. And so, you know, you look at last week's WASDE, we're looking at ending stocks levels that, that uh, are pretty low, and I think that's providing the support that we, we've seen in these prices. Uh, well, the, the, the uncertainty moving forward is we need to see that, that demand actually materialize. So I think you're going to see people continue to watch export inspections. We're going to continue to watch you know, ethanol use to make sure that that demand does materialize. Yeah, announced sales, while good news, we actually need to see ships loaded and unloaded, right? That's that's exactly right. So, we, you know, we get the export inspections uh, from USDA every Monday. Uh, that's going to tell you, you know, how much has been actually put on a boat and shipped overseas. So, uh, you know, the, the, the risk here is that at any point in time, those outstanding sales, and there are quite a bit of them, uh, could be canceled, and and then that you know leads to lower demand, higher stocks, and unfortunately lower prices. And we just had a weather report saying it's uh, kind of dry in South America, not getting as much rain as they thought. That'll be a story to watch, won't it? Uh, that that will, and I think that's why people were aggressively booking uh, because of the weather concerns in South America. We don't know. You know how big that crop is ultimately going to be. They had some challenges getting the crop in the ground. So, uh, you know, any fear that that crop could be shorter brings people back to the U.S. market. And I think that's why, you know, I, I looked last week. We had export commitments for corn and soybeans uh, at over three billion bushels, which is which is just unheard of. Uh, and China is is a big buyer of U.S. corn, uh, which is also unheard of. USDA did raise uh, China's imports on corn to 13 million metric tons. Uh, which I think the market was was hoping to see. We're talking with John Newton, chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. John, what do you make of China's purchases? Well, I think, you know, we, we've seen them in the market in a big way this year in terms of buying our animal proteins, whether it's pork or poultry. Uh, the outstanding sales of corn and soybeans are certainly uh, a step in the right direction. But, but again, we need to see this product loaded on boats and, and shipped out. And I think that's Obviously, what all eyes are going to be on, uh, we, we saw $3 billion in sales 
uh, in September, which is phenomenal. So hopefully we continue to build on that uh, throughout the remainder of the year. Uh, you know, when you look around the globe at our exports, uh, China's really the, the lone bright spot. Our sales to China are up $3 billion, uh, compared to prior year levels, whereas in some of our other markets, and, and for obvious reasons, they're dealing with COVID-19, uh, our sales are down. In Mexico, we're, we're down nearly a billion and a half dollars. In Canada, we're down $300 million. We're down in Japan. We're down in the EU. Uh, but, but China is a place where, uh, you know, on the back of phase one, our, our sales have been stronger this year. And it remains to be seen if there be any changes in the relationship between the U.S. and China under a Biden administration. I think, you know, folks are paying attention to that. Folks are obviously looking at uh, what what happened over the weekend with our RCEP. Uh, they're looking at TPP. Uh, but there's there's been no clear indication, indicators on how uh, President-elect Biden, uh, what his stance will be uh, on China on the Phase 1 agreement. Uh, but that the Phase 1 is a two-year commitment. Uh, there have been some, you know, if you read the tea leaves, uh, suggesting that the Chinese want to uh, renegotiate uh, the Phase One agreement. Uh, but, but currently, uh, you know, we're bound to that two-year commitment, that two hundred billion dollars in purchases. And we're still a lot of unknown about the virus. A lot of hope now about a vaccine by the end of the year. But there's also talk of a, another big lockdown. We know some states are are, are doing that already. Uh, remains to be seen what impact that has on the economy and on the supply chain. Right. Well, I think, you know, the difference today versus uh, where we were back in March is, is you know, we, we know what we're dealing with a little bit better than we did then. I mean, when you think when we issued the shelter-in-place orders back in March, uh, the supply chain was just you know, upended. Uh, we had all the restaurant business that went away, the school business went away, uh, restaurant business has come back somewhat, but it's it's a little it's plateaued uh, in recent months. When you look at the total retail data, uh, I, th- I think you know we'll we'll be able to deal with it a little bit better this time around. I don't think we're going to see the same uh, supply chain disruptions that we saw in terms of uh, our meat packing plants going down. They've got the PPE equipment in place now for their workers and in the facility, uh, so I think we're better positioned uh, to deal with it this time around. If if we do see uh, some rollback, uh, whether it's the, the capacity for in-person dining uh, or or states or cities uh, issuing their own uh, shelter-in-place orders for a period of time. What do you see ahead for the uh, for the dairy sector? You, you always get me with a dairy question every time. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> <laughs> right now I kind of feel like it, it's like catching a fallen knife, to be honest with you, and I hate to say that. You know, the, the food box program did did numbers for the cheese business. We moved a lot of cheese through that farmers and food box program. But that's ending, and, and now it's to the point where we saw last week milk was selling for $5 below class. And, you know, at what point are people going to step back in and start buying cheese? Uh, is it $1.70? Is it $1.60? Uh, who knows? So we've, we've seen uh, the prices fell below 2 last week on cheese. Uh, we're still dealing with these negative PPDs that are, uh, record large, and, th- and that's certainly uh, got farmers a, a little upset. So I think there's probably more uncertainty moving forward in the dairy business than, uh, than than we're currently pricing in the market. I'm cautious, <laughs> uh, hesitant to make try to get too many predictions for 2021 because I think back a year ago, we were pretty optimistic going into 2020, <laughs> and we know what happened. But right now, the way things are set up, does that 
do you feel pretty good about the prices, commodity prices going into 2021? You know, we, we've certainly changed our supply and demand outlook uh, over the last few months. And I think we're, we're sitting at prices that uh, are the highest they've been uh, for, for corn and soybeans, at least, that we've seen in some time. I think, you know, 2021, we're likely going to see an acreage response to these price signals. I think USDA has us at close to 90 million acres of soybean planted uh, next year. So I think everything really is going to hinge on, on demand. We need to see these exports continue. Uh, we need to continue to see strong demand um, to, to have these prices continue. But at the end of the day, I think what we're going to see for 2020 uh, is on the back of the ad hoc payments and on the back of these recently improved commodity prices, uh, Mike, we, we very well could see net farm income reach the highest levels we've seen since 2013 uh, when you combine all of those income sources. Yeah, just unfortunately, a lot of that, at least earlier on in the year, was from government payments at least now we're starting to see more from the market yeah yeah that's right we're seeing more from the market but i think when we when we look back on 2020 we see a higher farm income as you said it, a lot of it's from those ad hoc uh, government payments it lulls us into a false sense of security that things are things are better uh and, and while we've seen improved demand uh, right now that needs to continue to materialize uh, as you said we need a vaccine we need to see global economies recover and I think when those things come back into play, that's when we could probably position ourselves uh, to be a little bit more optimistic. The ethanol sector has shown improvement, but a lot's going to depend on how the economy deals with COVID and whether we're back to driving and, and moving around again. Well, you're, you're exactly right. When we look at, at ethanol production, we're, we're right around 5 to 6% below uh, year ago levels. Uh, we're nowhere uh, near where we were back in April or May when ethanol production was some, you know, 30, 40 percent below prior year levels as those plants were, were idling. Uh, but but continued success is going to be on the back of gasoline demand. It's going to be on the back of, of people driving. I think uh, as states reopen their economies, more people got out uh, and did some driving. And maybe their vacations were more local where you drove instead of uh, flew. Uh, and that certainly helped gasoline demand. But, you know, any risks of a future shutdown uh, hurt that hurt that gasoline demand and, and thereby hurt the ethanol sector. Well, in a year that's uh, been short on good news, we've had a little bit of good news at least here towards the end of the year with uh, the, the market rallies that we hope will continue into 2021. We shall see. John, always good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist John Newton. Well, it has been uh, a later harvest in Ohio than it has been for several other states, but they are finally getting it wrapped up. So we're going to have our wrap-up harvest report with Cy Prettyman. He farms just north of Columbus, Ohio. We'll take a look at his harvest when we come back on AOA. Stay with us. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks on Site. Our geeks literally come on site. 
No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 866-967-3879. 866-967-3879. That's 866-967-3879. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. When you think of home, you think of warmth, comfort, and peace of mind. And that's exactly what you get when you choose propane from FS. With propane from FS, you get our well-trained professional staff, along with an array of products and services designed to ensure that your propane system is functioning properly and efficiently. Add to this a variety of convenient terms and ways to save money, and you've got the right solution to all your home energy needs. Contact your local FS propane specialist today. FS Propane. Feels like home. Visit fspropane.com. Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry, the pros and cons of issues important to you. Cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
Recently on Adams on Agriculture, let's look now at some meat export numbers, especially pork. Some encouraging numbers as we talk it over with Dan Hallstrom, President and CEO of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. The exports for September on pork came in really about where we expected, 10% growth year on year. But China was up, but it wasn't the only market up. Broad-based growth, which is encouraging. We saw significant increases in Japan, Vietnam, Philippines, Taiwan, Chile, the Caribbean, several markets. So we're very encouraged by that. And, and one of the drivers here in Asia specifically is the demand in Asia is really getting back. It varies a little bit by country, but in general, really getting back to normal. A lot of activities are happening, in-person activities, consumption's rebounding, the economies are rebounding. So it's really a perfect storm for increased business in the Asia region. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, for our final Harvest 2020 report, let's go to the state of Ohio. Cy Prettyman joins us. Cy, are you finally done? I am. I finished up on Saturday afternoon. So we had uh, quite a cold front come through yesterday with some high winds, and so glad to have the crop in in the bend. Especially when you've been hearing about everybody else being done, right? Uh, your state uh, is taking a little longer, but uh, finally, finally done. Are you happy with the way it turned out? Yeah, I was pretty pleased. Uh, corn I mean, wasn't um, wasn't super good. I mean, it was it was it was average, I guess. And as I talked to a few other guys right in my area, that's what they were saying. They said it wasn't over the top great, wasn't bad. I was just kind of right in that average range. We had some uh, range. We had some really nice yields. Um, had a chance uh, at a board meeting there a week or so ago with the Farm Bureau. The, that uh, some guys up in the northwest corner, their yields were off considerably just due to some dry weather for the summer, um, bean yields and corn yields both. So they, they said they'll survive, but uh, they weren't, um, you know, weren't real excited about the yield that they had. But uh, compared to a year ago when they didn't have any crop to harvest, they were, they were still happy that uh, things went, went well this year. I was going to say, even for you, it's a lot better year than what you went through last year. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a, we really had a really pretty good year. Um, the bean yields, like I think we talked about last time, were probably one of the top two years that I've ever had. And then uh, the corn yields were, were still relatively good. But an interesting thing with the corn yields, I had, I had corn planted in April, I had corn planted in May, and I had corn that was planted on the first day of June. And I really didn't see a significant difference in yield between any one of those three planting dates, which uh, you would expect that the later planting date corn may fall off. But it really really was about the same. They all face their own challenges uh, throughout the growing season, but I think just kind of, they kind of, that's where they ended up. Uh, so it was interesting that way. Um, I think we talked about fungicide and some of that. It, I do believe I did see a little boost from some fungicide applications on the corn, not so much in the beans. Um, so there's always something different with every year. Yeah, it's always interesting. Uh, harvest times at chance, not only, uh, you know, to kind of take stock of what happened this year and look back and what you learned, but also be thinking ahead to next year. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, you try some different things. Uh, 
every year of hey, let's see what this does or how it's working and I know every year is a little different, but it does help you make some decisions about what we're going to move forward with next year. Any thoughts of more bean acres next year? You think? Uh, potentially, yeah. We've been we've been kicking that around. Um, we usually try to stay on a pretty close to a fifty-fifty um, rotation, and for lots of reasons. And um, but uh, yeah, we may we may go a few extra acres into beans next year. And we'll see how how everything shakes out. We'll make start making those decisions. We a lot of talking yesterday as we're kind of sitting around and recovering and thinking through what we how the year went and and uh, so yeah those those discussions are already happening. But a lot of crops to come in as far as corn especially. I've seen a few fields of beans still out here around the countryside, um, but right in our neck of the woods and I know further south uh, southwest corner of the state. Talking to some of those guys, they were just getting rolling um, and um, just. Heart, they were delayed in the spring in that southwest corner, and I think they're so they're they're going to be a little later, but hopefully the weather will hold and give everybody a chance to get ripped up, wrapped up. But I was surprised at how much corn is still standing here in, in the neighborhood um, as I finished up here just in the last couple of days. Yeah, so not everybody's done in your state of Ohio. How did it go overall as far as storage, as far as uh, movement of grain? Did, did it all go pretty smoothly? Yeah, for the most part, I, I didn't run into any trouble. Um, you know, I've got my own storage on farm, and then we haul some in uh, to local feed mill. Uh, they they were never. I think it's been spread out enough. Just the way the harvest is kind of played out in our area, um, they were never really backed up. They didn't really hold us up as, as we were trying to move through during harvest, uh, keeping trucks on the road and moving through their system. That we only had one day. And that was some internal issues that they were having with their system that was slowing down how fast they could run their pits and stuff. But other than that, they, they moved stuff through. Uh, one of the places we deliver beans to, they had, they shut down for just a weekend or so to get some containers filled, filled and get some product out. And then I think they rolled on through the rest of the season without much issue. And then you had a nice rally in prices while harvesting. That always helps, right? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a bad thing. Uh, surprise that uh, continued and the rallies continued, which has been even more surprising. You know, sometimes you get a little blip there, and then things uh, you get into the glut of harvest and things quiet back down. But you no, know, it's been nice to get these prices back up to to where uh, hopefully everybody's feeling a little more, a little better about all of that. And of course, you saw that coming, so you held off, and now you're cashed in on the higher prices on all of it, right? Well, yes, and no. <laughs> so I figured that was evident from, but I've got some other contracts that uh, that you know you thought sounded like a good price to good place to put some pricing in, but now they don't look quite as good. But that's that's part of it. Yeah. So um, uh, much field work getting done. Any fall field work getting done now in your area? Yeah, uh, guys have been trying to stay up on that um i've got some fall tillage yet to wrap up so we did get some rain yesterday a little bit more than i was hoping for um but we'll hopefully get back in looks like we have a good um through next i think saturday night or sunday before we got some rain coming in so i'm, I'm sure we'll get a few days to get some tillage done and then i think after that it looks clear again for the, the following week heading up into thanksgiving so um i know a lot of guys are wanting to get that done and um, get their harvest wrapped up too but uh, yeah we'll we'll stay on that and it's some guys have progressed pretty well along on that trying to stay keep up the best they can during harvest very good and then you can get ready for the big buckeyes game this coming saturday right yeah that's kind of a that's going to be an interesting it's game a, I'm, I'm 
to see how that plays out. I mean, he's got Indiana, who's uh, you know on a tear right now, and and look pretty hot. So that's kind of probably as a coach, I imagine that's a little bit of a scary game to be coaching into um, with a, a team like that coming in. So go Bucks! Yeah, Coach Day will. Coach Day won't have any trouble getting him up for that game, I don't think. Yeah, go Bucks. Thanks, I always appreciate it. Take care. All right, thanks, Mike. Bye. All right. Ohio Farmers, Cy Prettyman. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk with Steve Sinsky. He left ASA to go to be Deputy Ag Secretary at USDA, and now he's back with ASA. We'll talk with him tomorrow. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.